Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Rootless Living Podcast in episode number 87. This is your first time here. My name is Damien Ross, and besides being the host of this podcast, I'm also the publisher of the Rootless Living Magazine. But probably even more important, I'm a full-time digital nomad that has been living and working in an RV since 2017. And on this show, I chat with others that have also found unique ways to have a life that is full of travel and experiences while they're still working. On today's episode, I speak with Lawrence and Natalie, and we get into how a couple moved to the U.S. from the U.K., got stuck in a, the, you know, the corporate rat race in D.C., left D.C., and bought a farm, and then sold the farm and then hit the road in an RV. But like always, before I say too much, let's get into the episode. All right, with that, I want to welcome Lawrence and Natalie to the show. How are you guys? Good, thank you. Fantastic. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I know you guys are Suns fans just because I saw that your dogs are named Jackson Opie, and I'm like, okay. We are so impressed right now. Most people <laughs> most people don't get that. Most people don't get it at all until we mention it, and then we're like, oh, man, of course, yeah. So, Well done. Yeah, well done. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm impressed already. I had someone meet me in an airport, and they were talking to me, and they said, you know what? You look like... Jackson and Jackson Opie got together and had a kid and I was like yeah that's not how that works <laughs> you know <laughs> but I get what you're saying because I'm taller and I'm wearing a white shirt so and I have a beard I get it or it's coming from uh, yeah I, I kind of agree with them if I'm honest there you go <laughs> I had a terrible experience with Sons of Anarchy I got to it late and I was telling a co-worker um, hey, I'm just starting to watch it. He's like, oh, do you love it? I'm like, yeah, where are you? I said, I don't know. And he said, has Opie been killed yet? And I was like, no, oh, he no. hasn't. Thank you. So, you know, if you haven't watched it by now, this was when it was still on the air. So, you know, if you haven't watched it, I didn't ruin much for you. <laughs> Trust me, there's so many people that die off. But that was, yeah. oh, it was awful. All right, so enough about me and my love for Sons of Anarchy as well. <laughs> um, where are you guys in the world right now? We are in Florida. We are right near, right next to Crystal River. Beautiful. And um, I, I know that you're not originally from Florida. We'll get into that. But do you guys consider right. yourself full-timers or part-timers? No, we are, I would say we're part-timers. Yeah, maybe most-timers, but part-timers. I love it. I, and it'll be good, too, because I think people think you can't have a home and be rootless, which is absolute garbage. So I'm excited we can talk about having a home base and being able to travel when you guys want to. Now, when did this like idea, and I feel like you guys even have a story before RVing, but when did the idea of RVing, or if you want to go back even and share kind of some of your, your story before even the idea of getting into an RV, let's do that. I want to talk about your guys' transition. Yeah, this is, I can make this a really long story. So uh, Natalie will keep me in check. So so honestly, we so we moved over to the US in 2013 from the UK, um, and we lived a yuppie life for a couple of years um, in uh, Herndon, which is in Virginia, Northern Virginia. Uh, anyway, after living the yuppie life and going to the gym and a lovely Corvette that I love, we uh, it wasn't really for us. You know, we were going out for dinner and things, and it wasn't really our thing. So we thought, hey, let's do something crazy. So we bought a farm. Uh, in Northern Virginia, um, which was amazing. It was so cool. We, we, it wasn't a huge farm. It was just a homestead, but you know, we, uh, we, we had no, we have no prior history of farming Fine. or anything to that effect. I think Natalie, Natalie's mom had like two chickens when they were growing up at one point, but that was about, that's all we knew. So, um, so I saw the Corvette, I bought a truck. We, uh, started up this farm and fast forward six years later it quickly got too much yeah it was <laughs> we ended up i think at one point we had three goats six steers uh 200 chickens 200 <laughs> chickens uh turkeys ducks bees the, the whole lot we had the whole lot and uh and that's when we realized we hadn't had a vacation for six years yeah or together anyway we hadn't had a vacation together for six years but it was you that kind of approach this idea of an RV I never even considered it and then you were kind of like hey here's something for you here's an idea uh <laughs> yeah so the idea was that we desperately needed a vacation together and we really wanted to take the dogs so I thought well if we get an RV we can just go away whenever we want I don't think that's um, quite how you asked the first question no, it's not. I'm, it was I'm... Uh, more like shall we sell everything and live in an RV yeah. <laughs> I was like yeah, okay, that sounds fun. <laughs> Natalie did say yes to that. Because um, the farm life was getting so much. But we did yeah. decide to do a six-month trip 
just to see if we would cope in the army together, basically for that long. And just to see how it was, how we'd feel about it all really. Yeah. So that's kind of how that started. (laughs) Did you guys sell the farm for the six months or did you keep the farm? No, we, so we got someone um, to stay in the farm. It was, it was a young couple, great friends of ours. Um, They're in their early twenties and they were looking to move out. And we said, Hey, do you want to come look after the farm and our chickens and, uh, we, we downsized a lot. Yeah. So we rehomed our goats and things like that. Um, and so we did just have the chickens and turkeys and goats, but they, we said, Hey, you get, you know, you get a 2,500 square foot house and 10 acres and, uh, for free, if you just look after our stuff. So, I love it. Yeah. I mean, it's always fun when you do have, you know, that's a good piece of property, you know, 10 acres. And if you can't get someone to come in, especially while you're testing it and trying it, um, so what did you guys end up selling the farm? Cause now you're, I mean, this farm doesn't sound like it's in Florida. Uh, so I want to make sure that it's still, the farm's still in Virginia. You guys are now in Florida, but you still have the RV. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So, so basically what happened was we did the trip expecting to go full time. It was 2019. It was December, 2019. We started the trip. Perfect so tw- time to start an yeah. RV trip. Yeah. You, you, you can probably see where this is going, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Put that down. <laughs> so, Anyway, in uh, so we were doing the trip for, I think it was planned for seven months, and we got to like May right. in 2020, and things weren't happening. We were spending a ton of money. I think it was on, before then. I think it was April when COVID hit, and everything started just true. going downhill. When yeah, everything, everything went, yeah, this is the problem that we had, is everything closed, and we're paying all this money for these RV parks, and we can't leave our rig. Right. Like, it was, it was crazy. So we're driving to all these amazing places, and we weren't allowed to go anywhere. So, yeah. uh, so eventually we made a call and said, let's so, just go home. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah, we, we kicked our friends out of our, out of our <laughs> house, and we, we went home. But that's when we had a choice. Like, you know, we, uh, we were kind of in limbo. Like, well, we were expecting to go full-time. We were expecting, you know, uh, we loved the trip, and we really wanted to go full-time. Um, but that really showed us why we possibly that wasn't the best idea because yeah. what was it you know we had a lot of friends that are full-time is that suddenly were stuck you know or they were kicked out of their parks or you know they had to go back to friends and family they had nowhere really as a home base and i was like okay the likelihood of another pandemic happening in our lifetime maybe not that not yeah. gonna happen but maybe we do need a home base, even just a plot of land, you know, yeah. just something that if it all goes wrong, we have something to fall back on. Right. No, it's really smart. And I think I agree that I think that opened up a lot of people's eyes that, and I think we did see a little bit of a shift where people went from full time to like 80% time, but at least they knew they had a place they could go back to if they needed to. Yes. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk a little bit about the travel that you guys were able to do since kind of selling the farm and then having the place. Are you guys still traveling quite a bit right now or are you guys just kind of staying put in Florida? Oh, yeah. Back, yeah, we did just get back from a, from a long trip. So our original trip was uh, we went down from Virginia down the east coast of Florida, west coast of Florida, across to Texas, up to uh, Dallas. And then that's well, it's when we were at Texas that things really kicked off. Uh, and so that's when we decided to change our route and we just went home. Mm. Um, and then um, after that, obviously, there was a big gap of travel. We did a few little things here and there, um, but, uh, you know, nothing. You know, that's where we got we, the farm up to sell. And yeah, we got the farm up and ready. Oh, we got um, ready for the Tampa RV show. That we did it. go to the Tampa yeah. RV show. So actually, we did do a trip there. We came down to Florida. That was just a you know, beeline it straight for Florida. We did the Tampa RV show. House and what, hunting. <laughs> what we didn't tell a lot of people is that we were house hunting as, at the same time. Gotcha. Um, and then we went back, we sold the farm. Then we moved down to Florida uh, a couple months later. And then recently. We, we spent a long, we spent at least three or four months investigating our local area because I don't know if anyone's been to Crystal River, but there's so many beautiful springs around here yeah. and just loads to do actually. So we were like, well, hey, let's not travel right now. Let's just figure out where we are, you know, when our friends and family come over what we can show them all the touristy stuff yeah. and then it got to about august and it got really hot and Lawrence is like we need to go somewhere we yeah we were <laughs> so we moved into we moved to florida in march and then Beautiful. um 
it got to like mid July. Everyone wanted us, why are you going to Florida? You're going to die in like, the summer. And we're like, no, we don't know what you're talking about. It'll be fine. Um, yeah. So anyway, by mid July, we were dying. Um, <laughs> and so uh, we decided we were going to go away. So more recently, we've just been up to Indiana. We the did Grand Design, Grand Design RV Rally was yeah. amazing. Um, and then we went back to Virginia, saw some friends. That's where my head office is for, for my job. Um, and then, yeah, so we kind of did a three-month really long trip from Indiana to Virginia back down to Florida. Very cool. Did you guys go by the RV Hall of Fame Museum when you guys were in that area? Yeah. We sure did. Yeah. <laughs> it's sure really did. cool, right? Like I tell people, go there because that's actually really – there's some good stuff there, and some of those rigs are amazing. Yeah, I love I loved the rigs, yeah, absolutely love them. Some of them are very cool with history. You like the smell. Every time we went into you know the rig, he was like, oh, this like, smells like old. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Damien, I'm a car guy, and the best thing about the old cars is the smell. Like yeah, They yeah. have that. They have that antique smell. They have that life. I feel like I, I'm at the age now where I feel like I, I run into people that start smelling me because I'm kind of an antique. So I, I get where you're coming from. Like This is a guy that grew grew up with secondhand smoke near him, for sure, you know, kind of a thing. So, yeah. <laughs> so I get it. No, they were amazing. I got, I got really stoked because I sat through that little, like, video presentation and then the genesis of, you know, the RV as we know it today – was a gentleman that was just a traveling salesman that wanted to take his family on the road with him rather than being gone for months at an end. And so it was really cool to hear like, wait, the genesis of this was exactly what a lot of people are doing where they're traveling and working with their families. That blew me away because I really thought it was just going to be, you know, someone didn't want to set up a tent. And it was really <laughs> cool to hear that's how the first RV came to came to be. And, uh, but yeah, I always recommend that if you're in the Elkhart, Indiana, besides doing tours and stuff like that to go by it, it's actually really cool to check it out. Yeah, we, we really enjoyed it. And actually I hadn't even thought of that, thought of that, what you just said there, but you're, yeah, you're very true. You're very right there. But, uh, no, yeah, definitely recommend, uh, recommend swimming by because some of those rigs were incredible. Oh, beyond like it i was like what did they have that could pull these things back then like i guess there just wasn't regular you know they're like oh just hook it up to the cadillac it'll be fine like nobody cared but they were just massive son of them yeah definitely you need to go good little advertisement for them maybe i'll send this to them (laughs) so i mean you brought up work which is a good transition so you know obviously you can't farm on the road, and you already told me you got rid of the goats and the chickens, so I'm assuming you weren't taking the farm with you. So what do you guys do for a living? How are you guys making money on the road? Um, so at the moment, I so I work in IT uh, security, in cybersecurity. Um, and actually, I changed my job um, pretty much. There were multiple reasons, but one of the reasons were that I could be remote. Um, and I even told my new employer that this was my plan, full-time RVing, I'm going to work on the road, are you cool with that? Yep, fine, no problems. So I actually changed my job um, for that. Um, so, yeah, I'm IT security. Uh, I, you know, it's anything, you know, it's all remote anyway. Right. Um, so so that hasn't been an issue. But Natalie, Natalie actually had her own dog training um, and boarding company that we mm. that we ran from the farm. So this was a really tough decision for Natalie because it was. But on the same token, as we were saying, like the farm life was getting hectic. My business was taking off, and it was great. But it was so busy, so busy. I we literally I never had a day or night off because boarding's twenty four seven. You constantly got dogs in the house, and if I didn't have boarding dogs, we had foster dogs in. Mm. Like it just it became constant, and you can't take the boarding of foster dogs on the road so in a way when Lawrence did suggest kind of up and you know just changing I was like yeah I'm ready for that now yeah. because this is only going to get more crazy that's why Natalie said I said hey do you want to go live full-time in an RV and she was like yep and I was like what did you say like I could never imagine her saying because I'm which- rubbish at saying no to customers like I, yeah. I would be a much better businesswoman if I could have breaks in my job but yeah. I don't I work to the bone and it's my probably one yeah. of my biggest so you, she was Natalie basically Natalie was ultimately burnt out by that point she yeah. was like yes please let's just go it's amazing how many people do end up in a situation where they're burned out even when it's their own job you know, the, yes. we, we, everyone, it, it, I always laugh too. Cause you know, I'm an entrepreneur. My roommate's an entrepreneur and we always laugh. We left the nine to five to work, you know, 5 AM to, well, I don't get up that early. She does, but you know what I mean? Like we, you, you leave that job just because you're leaving the micromanagement, but then you almost put the micromanagement 
on yourself sometimes and it just becomes overwhelming. And so I totally can relate to that, that it's hard to, you know, and I love that the, the conversation started with, we haven't gone on a vacation together in six years, which I know there are people that are not RVing that are hearing this and that is hitting them because they too have probably not taken a vacation together, like a proper get away from work and just enjoy some time, you know, on the road together, not necessarily from plane to motel to motel to plane kind of a thing. And, um, you know, and I think people will hear about the burnout and relate to that as well. Yeah. I mean, when we were in the UK, we would always have two vacations a year. We would have one local where we would rent a, a cottage or something in Wales, right. Which is a very, you know, very quiet place. Um, and then we would go away on probably something like an all inclusive to, to Spain, which is, you know, the equivalent of, you know, Cancun for Americans, right. You know, uh, nothing fancy, just a break. And so the one in the UK was always with our, dogs so we would go on you know uh, hiking trails and things like that and then the other one in spain was sit by the pool and do nothing drinking yeah if I'm <laughs> honest, we, we would drink and just chill out in, under the sun so Miss and we missed that we really missed that when we came here so uh we we it was horrible like even when we would go back and visit family in the uk and we had to go one at a time we couldn't go at the same time because we someone, someone has to, to stay and look farm. after the farm right um or or, or so I think we had a quote of like, you know, $1,000 a day for someone to look after our farm. Not quite that much, but yeah, it was expensive it was for crazy, someone crazy to look after all the animals. It's, yeah. It just wasn't worth it. Without a doubt. Yeah, it's not probably like an ad you want to put in Craigslist and then the people just show up and <laughs> they're like, yeah, the, the goats won't sit when I tell them to sit. <laughs> What's the problem? <laughs> well, if you think how much, uh, how much dog boarders charge, um, which can be, well, I don't know, 100 bucks a day. Yeah, the last lady we had was nearly 110 a day. Yeah, 110 a day. And then say, by the way, also can you feed 200 chickens <laughs> and can you go and round up three goats and then feed the, uh, you know, our steers with hay and then all of this other stuff. It's like, yeah, okay, that's a $1,000 a day. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was tough. Yeah, one of my favorite authors, oh, and I'm forgetting her name right now. Oh, I'm so bummed. Um, but she talks about how a friend let her stay at their La Farm and all they had were like three goats and she was going to write and somehow she forgot to uh, basically close the gate where the goats were and she left. And when she came back, they'd gotten into the homeowner's car and like completely ripped every piece of interior and like the windshield, like everything out of the car. Like the goats just caused complete <laughs> havoc and it's like, yeah, you're supposed to be there to relax and one gate's open and now a car's ruined. I remember being like, yeah, that doesn't sound like fun at all. So, no, I totally and get even it. even the poor gal that looked after our farm, we came back and she's like, by the way, your turkey's all surrounded and attacked my car. And she had these scratches all over her, like, brand new <laughs> super thing. And I was I think, like, oh, no. <laughs> I think her car was so clean that the they turkeys were could see their reflection in the paint. Oh. I see. So they were attacking themselves. So yeah, yeah, she wasn't happy about that. We had to puff that out. Yeah, I had to uh, get, pull out my polishing stuff and, and clean that up for her. Yeah, she clearly you didn't have any polishing stuff. If this is the first time your turkeys saw their reflection, well, luckily we did from the Corvette days. Yeah, no, yeah, you, I had it from when I had a Corvette. So oh, you're there right. you go. I didn't, yeah, I didn't do that with a truck. But yeah, thanks, right. thanks, Damien, for pointing that out. Hold on, <laughs> I know it's somewhere here in this garage when we moved from virginia that's from dc <laughs> hold on here it is mcgregor's it's like 15 years old yeah that's awesome no i mean it, that's the kind of stuff animals are that's why they're i mean they're they're farm animals but they're still wild animals people forget that a lot of time no matter what they are um yeah at one point we had a turkey that was very aggressive and we used to have i used to come in the house all the time yeah. if you left the back door open for the dogs he would be stood in the lounge and all the dogs would be surrounding him like mom help and he would be so angry and he, he owned he owned the farm this, this turkey we used to have you know the snow sticks uh the marker sticks that you get from home depot we had to have those scattered around the property because to defend if, ourselves to defend us because if he came up he would he attack you yeah he would attack you so. and he attacked the dogs multiple times so bear in mind at the time we had two dobermans and a healer yeah. they were terrified of this everyone turkey. was terrified of this one turkey but uh 
anyway, that was a that was a good Thanksgiving. <laughs> I was going to say, like, how did he keep making it past the Thanksgiving? That was like you stole my joke. But like, how did that happen? I would have been like, oh, I know what you know. Is is Easter even close? Let's just skip ahead. We'll, we're not going to have ham this Easter. He kept getting a past blessing because he was good at protecting the flock. And you always want one bird that is good to defend against foxes and hawks and, you know, coyotes. And he was that one. But unfortunately, he defended against us as well. That's amazing. I think we've just we've inspired people to you know to kind of break free from jobs that are stressing them out, but definitely don't start anything with livestock, that's for sure. That's awesome. So, um, it sounds like work is pretty standard, a remote job that, you know, you probably like most of the people that are working remote, you know, I mean, you probably deal with a little bit of the struggles of internet that we all do as full timers, but, um, would you say you're a better employee? I like asking this sometimes and I, I doubt, you know, your employer is listening, but would you say you're a better or a worse employee in this lifestyle? Being honest. Um, absolutely better. Right? I, I didn't want to lead it too much, right? I really feel like everyone I talk to says they do such a better job because all the other bullshit's out of their life. And when they're working, yep. when they're working, and when they're not working, they're not working in a way that's so different. I love hearing that. Yeah, and I think it's, um, I think there's a lot of things uh, to do with that. I mean, I... Um, the commute alone. The is, commute right? used to... Yeah, it's like yeah. an hour either way. Yeah, my, I've always had an hour commute, you know, pretty much where, anywhere I lived. Um, and so that's two hours out of my day. So uh, by the time you get to work, you're already stressed out because I was fighting with DC traffic right. when we were in Virginia. Um, and it, it just sucks. Like, I could, I look back now and I think, like, there is 24 hours in a day. You sleep for eight or nine, sometimes 10 or 11 for me. But um, And then you spend two hours commuting. By the time you get home from work, you've done a full day's work, you get home, you eat some food, you watch an hour's worth of Sons of Anarchy, and then you go to bed. And then you get up and do the same thing again, and it sucked. Um, so, no, I think uh, remote work, I'm uh, when I'm working, I'm I'm on it. Uh, I think I do a much better job. Um, and, uh, you know, I manage people as well. So, you know, as long as you're pretty good with jumping on Zoom and you have the camera on, you still keep those relationships. The only thing I do miss is talking to random people in the kitchen in the office right. that I, I would never speak to now. But if I was in the office, I would know all these random people from other teams that I would never usually uh, talk to. So I miss the socialization aspect um, in that respect. But uh, no, my actual job, my actual day-to-day job, I think I do much better remotely than when I was in an office. But I think you bring up a good point too, because I think, you know, unfortunately a lot of employees are saying that, well, if they were remote, they waste a lot of time. And I'm like, I, I obviously I've not done a study on it or anything, but I remember in those jobs where it's like, I took my phone into the bathroom, put the toilet seat down and sat there with my clothes on just to get a break or I wasn't getting looked at for being on my phone and relaxing. And then, like you said, that kitchen, you know, what should have been for me to walk in and grab a water. It's now 25, 30 minutes of talking about crap that I didn't need to talk about. Um, My roommate always talks about, she used to put giant headphones on and not play music just so people wouldn't talk to her so she could get her work done. And I thought, yeah, I I do that with Natalie. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just I'll just pretend I'm talking to someone on Zoom just so that she won't talk to me. I love being part of your work now. She, she gets off the phone calls and I'm like, oh, I heard you were interviewing this person. How did you like it? Yeah. I give him a 10. And he's like, how will you know everything about what I'm doing? Like, because you're in the next room. Right. <laughs> like, I'm not here this now. There has been times when I've had to, when whatever, we couldn't get a booking for a week at a campsite and I had to, we had to leave on a Friday or something, yeah. right? Instead of it, we try and travel on... On, Sundays. uh, on Sundays, um, when we when we do hit the road, uh, and so we would travel on a Friday, and Natalie is the best assistant. She's gonna <laughs> she's gonna punch me for this, right? but honestly, I would I would say okay, I can we can travel Friday, but I have to be on conference calls. So I need you to, you like, write, I need you to write notes because I've got such a bad memory. So she's the best note taker ever, like That's way awesome. better than me. Like if I write notes for myself, I look back at them and I can't read them. I don't know what I was talking about. When Natalie writes notes for me on calls, it's fantastic. It's almost like they're getting two for one now, to be fair. It is, yeah. They are. They're getting a great deal, my boys. Well, and that's the other thing, too, that I see is that 
it's so bizarre when I think back to 2018 working for someone else yeah. to now in this lifestyle. When I want to go outside for 40 minutes and like just walk around and clear my head and, you know, and then I come back to my desk, I'm doing that and I own the business. So Mm. I'm trying to get the best work out of me. I don't think an employer would allow me to do that. And that's what's really bizarre about the way we treat our staff and our employees is we don't treat them like grown adults where it's like, hey, look, you need to get 30, 40 hours worth of work done a week. When you actually do that, I mean, if you're not customer facing, you know, where someone's walking in trying to buy a chair or something, it's like, when does it matter? Like, you'd rather me work when I really need to go outside and just clear my head, or would you rather me clear my head and come back and really work? And, you know, and I see you had the same struggle I did is it was really hard moving on the weekends. And so we used to try to jump ahead too, whether, you know, move on a Thursday and, and it, it just happened every time that's when they wanted to talk to me. It's like mm-hmm. we had a, like a little track system on me. And I'm like, I'm getting up early. I'm going to work later. I'm not going to miss hours. But it was a big deal. It was the worst. You know, I just didn't like that experience. And it's been so much better working for myself because of just little things like that. I can travel on days that make sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, the one cool thing is when I uh, took this job, I did, I, you know, set the expe- expectations with my, with my new boss that this is what we wanted to do. And luckily I work for an amazing company and they, uh, they say, take, <clears throat> excuse me, take the time you need. Mm. And, uh, and so one thing that I will tell anyone who wants to go and work remotely is I didn't ask my previous employer if it was cool for me to go full-time remote. I just assumed he would say no. And uh, since obviously we moved and we started up the YouTube channel and I keep in touch with him, he has said to me, if you wanted to go remote, you only had to ask. Mm. And I never did that. I didn't say, hey, I want to go full-time RVing. Can I go remote? I didn't even ask the question because I just assumed that he would say no. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And now he said, no, I have no problem with that. You could have done that. No worries. So, um, I mean, I'm very happy with where I am now, but I just for anyone who's thinking about, you know, maybe asking if they can go full-time remote, if their job allows it, then don't be scared to ask the question. The worst thing they can say is no. Yeah. And I almost feel like I should at some point, like maybe bring all the people that I know that have had, you know, positive experiences with going remote in the sense that they're a better employee, they're happier, they're doing a better job. And I could almost create this soundbite that these bosses that want to micromanage and, you know, need to see the person working can listen to. And maybe it'll, it'll convince some people. Cause you're all right. I was the same thing. I said I was moving to Texas, which was the truth. We were just going to RV around Texas and figure out where we wanted to buy land. And then it turned into, wow, I really like this RVing thing, you know, and I just kept going. But even me moving to Texas was kind of a big deal, even though I was remote. I was like, I never see you. What does it matter what what state I live in? Well, the company I work for, um, even pre-COVID or post-COVID now, we have, I think it's over a third of our workforce is remote. They work from home. Oh, it's so So. good to hear. Yeah, it's, I, I mean, look, I own a business. I'd it would be great to have the staff all together, but then I have to pay for the building. So now I'm paying people less or I'm making less and yep. no one would be better off working in the same building together. We just wouldn't be. And because of commutes and all these things, you know, I mean, I'm glad you mentioned the commute. Cause I think a lot of people, there are people right now that probably don't even really, it's, it's sometimes it's when you get out of the commute that you're like, wow, I can't believe how much time I wasted in my life driving to and from work and how frustrated mad I was. Oh, without a doubt. Um, So let's real quick, you kind of mentioned it. um, And it it might be into, you know, our next transition is always, you know, when you're not working, when you're not traveling, what do you like doing? But you also mentioned, you know, YouTube. So obviously you guys are creating content. Um, Would you put that into the work category or would you put that into the explore kind of hobby category? Or a little bit of both. No wrong answer. <laughs> That's a tough oh, question. These yeah, what day is it? I mean, <laughs> um, so so we love it. I um, it's it's weird because it it fulfills so many buckets for us. Like I love video editing. I always have. I just never had a reason to do it. No one wants to see your vacation video that you did when you went to the beach, right? Right. Um, and so, but I used to do those videos all the time. Um, and I used to love editing them. So I, lo- I love editing and messing about. I am a nerd, so I love buying all the latest gadgets and cameras. And I haven't got the new GoPro yet, but I'm 
trying to find an excuse to buy it. Um, and so I love all the, all the gadgets. I love photography. I love, um, editing. Natalie loves photography. Um, and we also, obviously we, we don't have any family here. They're all back in the UK. So we wanted them to see our travels. Um, so yeah, we thought, Hey, let's start up this YouTube thing. Um, and, uh, honestly you say, you say, is it, is it work or a hobby? It's a hobby. But sometimes it is work. work. And I'm going to be absolutely honest um, with anyone listening here is that sometimes um, our more popular videos are the stuff, are the how-tos and the um, installations, yeah, installations um, and things. And the boring ones for us. They're, well, <laughs> yeah, they're not boring, but like doing an installation and then doing an installation and filming every step is a difference of time by four times so right. filming it and talking through it and going through all of this stuff takes probably four or five times longer than it would be to do it normally so that becomes quite hard work sometimes mm. but um but we but a lot of the episodes there's one i put out recently right we went to the national corvette museum i'm a car guy and i love that episode i made that i made that video for me mm. right that wasn't for <laughs> if people want to watch it and they think it's great and they loved it and it was interesting then that's cool but i made that one for me but whereas some of it we you know we make more interesting things for that other people would like to watch you know does that make sense am i am i making sense here? yeah i think what i like and like i always like to pull out is if your focus you know is family and friends first in a, in a way to keep them kind of you know where they can keep kind of tabs on you I always think about for me, like I want to get back into creating content for my grandkids that I don't even have yet, because I feel like I would love to be watching video of my grandparents and just stuff that they were doing and trying to figure out and, you know, growing a business or, you know, buying land or whatever. It'd be fun to watch. So when you approach it with that, and it, even if it turns into work, I think it can always be really successful. I think where people get caught up and hurt is when they buy an RV and they buy a camera because they watched the traveling video and thought, we're going to do really, really well. Let's just get mm -hmm. a camera and go. And it doesn't do really well in the beginning. I mean, it can. People get lucky. Don't get me wrong. But for most people, they give up too because the motivation is to be successful as opposed to doing something you enjoy doing and keeping you know in contact with the people that matter to you and having this archive for yourself down the road. So that's actually, I had this conversation with someone recently. This is why we upload in 4K, because I want to make sure that in like, you know, eight years time or 10 years time, when we have some chip inserted in our head with some hologram <laughs> TV that hopefully, you know, 4K is the best I can get right now. So it's still, it's still going to be relevant and viewable. So, but yeah, I mean, it, it's tough. Like we, we love the YouTube stuff. Like 90% of the time we love it. Sometimes it gets stressful and that's on us because we have not missed a weekly video since we started two years ago. That's awesome. So we've, we've never missed any, uh, our deadline, which is Saturday at 12, uh, 12 EST. Um, so sometimes that can get stressful, you know, just mm -hmm. the editing. That's when I'm sat behind you with yeah. the old whip. And because I love it so much, I want it to be really good. Like I want the transitions to be great and the editing to be great. And I love the camera angles. And so I think uh, we do put a lot of pressure on ourselves for, uh, for that. But it's like you said, I think we love looking back at the original videos we did, even though they are. Well, even some that we did 10 years ago, before all of yeah. this RV YouTuber stuff, we were uploading videos, let's say for our friends and family, of vacations yeah. which were terrible but it's so fun to look back on now 10 yeah. years later i wish i did those in 4k <laughs> <laughs> they're terrible they're terrible quality and you're watching them back now you mm. wish you had a three million dollar camera 10 years ago because <laughs> that's yeah, literally right. exactly. I, you know what's weird is i mean so two things one is i did a series called the road to 1000 where i shot a video every day for a thousand days in a row and uh, yeah. the beginning was was fun and interesting. It did become really tiring and kind of exhausting for a really stupid goal kind of a thing. And I've been not creating video for the last year. I, I think day 1000 was December of last year. Um, but the technology side of it, you know, I have parents that are, my dad was more film and television. And I remember the first time I brought out like a GoPro with a drone and like just, you know, then threw the footage onto my phone and, you know, he's only 20 years older than me or 23 years older than me, but he was like, Damien, to do what you just did would have cost me a half a million dollars 
to get the helicopter, to get the cameraman, to do all this that I just shot video of their house. I thought that's got to be so weird to have transitioned, you know, from that to now seeing where people just have the same equipment in their pocket. Yeah, that's absolutely true, man. I can't imagine that, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, you're right. And even the quality of some of the stuff now, like we're, uh, we, we, in fact, right now we're waiting for our new iPhone 13 pros to turn up because apparently <laughs> the camera is amazing. So I'm waiting for UPS to knock on the door any minute, but, um, same. It, I, my camera quality. Right. Yeah. And I have the GoPro 10 and I will tell you to get it. It is that much better than the nine even. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. See, Natalie, Natalie, See, Natalie I told you. Did it. I told you. <laughs> go comment on one of his videos. Natalie, let him get the 10. Let's go, folks. Come on. I've got people trying to get you a boat. I don't need Yeah, this is, there's a long-running thing that I really want a boat. I've never had a boat. I have no idea. I drove a boat once last year. Oh. Uh, that's the first time and probably only time. But, yeah, so I'm trying to get well, a now boat. now we live in Florida. We need a a party uh, boat. Yeah, right, we're right next to Crystal River with all of these springs around. It makes sense to have a party boat. With no friends. We don't have any friends. You're right. But wait, it's nearly winter, so all of our RVing friends will come here. They will soon. We, yes. we will have friends shortly. 100%. You get that boat, I'm on my way for sure. So, See? yeah. No, See, you can use it as a bribe. You totally can. You got to figure out a way to do a video about it, just write it off. That's what you got to figure out how to do. That's true. So that's awesome. I mean, I love that it is a mix of work and kind of hobby too. And hopefully it stays more in the hobby side for a long, long time for you guys for sure too, because it, it can it can flip. I mean, I always make kind of the, I was just on a podcast right before I started recording with you guys. And I talked about that the first two years of full-time RVing, I was a full-time RVer. The last two years, my content that my job is all about you know, being a full-time RVer. So for me, it's like, I don't have a break or a difference between the two. And it really is a big difference. If you're creating content around your lifestyle, then your lifestyle is your lifestyle and your lifestyle is your work as well. It's completely different. So I always tell people if they can keep it in the hobby mode, even if it starts to make money and does well, great. But if you can keep the hobby mindset, I think you'll last a lot longer. Yeah, I think to be honest, our aim, which was always our aim with some YouTube channel is for it to pay for itself. Like, it, and so it means I get to edit videos, I get to buy the toys, um, but the, the, you know, the, the content will pay for itself. Um, so, you know, Hey, every couple of years I get to buy myself a new camera. So that's really what we're aiming for. Um, and the rest of it, we're having fun. Right. So, and I think if we were, if we were making content for other people, it would become work. Right. Yeah. Whereas at the moment we go away, we do something cool. We film it, we have a laugh. Um, some people get our sense of humor. Some people don't. That's cool. And, um, you know, and so if people appreciate it and they want to watch it, that's fantastic. But yeah, that's really how we're thinking about it. So I don't think this will ever be a full-time job for us. Um, and when it does, it becomes work at the moment. We're having fun and we just really enjoy it. Yeah. It is funny when I hear about people that create content, they're successful at creating content and someone will reach out to them and say, Hey, would you mind if we hire you to do this? And they completely doze the job. They do such a terrible th- job of it because it's different you know when you're working for someone else and creating the content you just it's like this is terrible i hate this i love doing it for myself but i couldn't get paid to do it for someone else kind of a thing and people don't realize that um people people say as well don't do don't make your hobby your job because because yeah it it turns into a job and exactly the same me with training and boarding dogs i love dogs i love working with animals but when you do it 24-7, seven days a week, it, it's not fun anymore. It's just work. I and always, you lose the joy of it. I always say this is why men shouldn't be gynecologists. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, true. I don't know if I'm going to leave that in, but I think I'll leave it in. <laughs> um, it's true. It is. Like, that's, you know, I actually remember – being at the same event as my wife's gynecologist and, you know, me and him were sitting there like talking. I was like, this is really weird, bro. I'm sorry. I don't know what I could do to make it not weird. It's just weird. Um, so let's, uh, let's talk about what you guys like doing and other hobbies. So when you're not working, you're not traveling, you're not creating content. What are you guys doing for fun? Well, I get to enjoy training dogs again now because I'm not doing it all the time. So I'm doing a lot of dock diving, barn hunt, agility with our dogs taking them places and then because of the springs we got a paddle board which is cool never done that before so i'm learning to paddle board and go and explore the different springs 
Um, what else are we doing? You're going to a lot of car shows at the moment. Yeah, I like to go to car shows. I, I do put them on our channel, but um, a lot of it, it's not really relevant to, to most people. Some people find it cool, but uh, not to most people. So I try and limit that. But I love the car shows. But honestly, I like my uh, I like my nerdiness. I like doing the upgrades on the trailer. I like uh, playing you know, Xbox. Playing Xbox, yeah. We both play the We Xbox. both play video games. But actually, one thing I am doing is I'm working on, um, uh, because we have bought property in Florida now, um, which obviously we will stay here during winter and then we'll travel during the summer. Um, and so I am putting a whole bunch of security things and, uh, you know, smart stuff in our home, um, which is, yes, there has a reason for it, but for the security side of things, when we're, you know, if we're, if we're RVing between, you know, March and November, then I want to make sure that our, that our home's okay. So I'm putting a whole bunch of cameras in and I do all that nerdy stuff, <laughs> but, uh, that's kind of my hobby. Um, Love it. We just bought. We just bought a Peloton. Oh, nice. Is that a hobby? Is that a hobby, or is that just because, <laughs> That's because That's work. Natalie made me buy That's... one because I put on twenty pounds over the last three months? Um, so yeah, I guess I guess fitness is kind of a hobby as well. Yeah, um, true. that I need to get back into. Natalie's done amazingly well on the road to keep fit. That's like, hard. Um, I'm glad I had that anytime fitness because otherwise I would have struggled this yeah, time. Yeah, and we will put a video out on how Natalie keeps fit on the road and then I'm the opposite where uh, <laughs> I certainly do not keep fit on the road. I find it very difficult. Um, but yeah, so that, that's not a hobby, but it should be. There you go. <laughs> I love it. I, I've done a really good job. I was I was fat and out of shape when I started. So I, like somehow it hasn't changed me at all. I'm the same. I'm good. We'll just keep it going. But yeah, the Peloton does scare me, but I definitely want one. I mean, I'm I'm there with it. They've done some amazing marketing around it. Um, I made the thing when Nikki was talking about that she wants one. I was like, well, we'll get two of them. And she's like, that's not how it works. So we don't both need one. I'm like, I don't know. That seems like we want. I already have a hard enough time trying to adjust the truck chair. I don't want to spend half of my workout getting the bike to be the right length for me. I, I still think I'm going to talk her into where we have two of them on the property. Um, so let's do something I like to do called the high-low. We'll start with the low so we can always end with the high. Um, you know, just in this lifestyle, what is something that maybe you didn't expect, you know, and obviously outside of COVID, getting flat tires, crappy internet, that kind of stuff. But what's just something in and around this lifestyle that you didn't expect that's been, you know, a bummer or just something that caught you off guard that way? Having the car jacked was a bit of a pain in the ass in Houston. Yeah, our truck got broken into in Houston. Um, when we're at the Houston Rodeo, now enjoying filming and luckily your Ford pass was like, hey, yeah. you've been broken into. My, app, my app texted me and said, hey, your truck's been broken into. And I'm like, really? And we're in the middle of the radio, right in the middle of Houston. And so uh, and we, we actually have a video on this. Um, and so we, yeah, we went back and it wasn't it wasn't that it happened. Like someone's like, oh, no, you've got your truck broken into it. It was more of the feeling of um, being violated. If I'm honest, uh, you know, the, the stuff they stole weren't, wasn't anything of like real value, but other than there was a case that I've had since I was like 20 and it was a crappy little case thing um, that I used to carry my GoPro stuff in and uh, that got stolen out of the back. And so I missed the case more than the GoPro stuff. So it's kind of things like that. But then it was the insurance wouldn't pay out. We had to get the lock fixed. So um, for the next couple of days before we could get it booked in to get the lock fixed, we couldn't we couldn't lock the truck anywhere. And it was our only form of transport. So it was it wasn't the fact we got our truck broken into. It was everything that led to all the stress around it. And it was a uh, it just ruined our time in Houston. It ruined our time in Texas. Um, uh, so yeah, I think that was. But the other really big low that no one really talks about a lot, and we didn't really do a video about it as such because it's been too hard, is our um, our female Doberman passed away when we were at the Tampa RV show. Yes. And that was really tough. Like, we're not anywhere near home. We, we don't know these vets. We don't know what's going on. And anyway, luckily, I'm always keeping a, a tab on where all the local vets are and, you know, because that's one of the things we have to think about, having pets on the road. But having to kind of leave her in Tampa whilst we were traveling yeah, home, was, that was really The other hard. problem was, like, yes, she was old. Uh, she was 14 years old. And, you know, we knew at some point it was coming, but there was no warning. 
she just looked, we went, we were at the Tampa RV show. We came back in and she looked rough as hell. And we're like, there's something, there's something not going, not quite right here. And so we made the call to take her to the vets. And uh, obviously with COVID, we couldn't go in. So they phoned us and they said, yeah, uh, she's in heart failure. failure. Like you have to make the call right now. And so, and so that was really, really hard. Uh, And uh, thank you to everyone who we met at the RV show. They, they knew what was going on. Everyone was very nice about it, but we had a, you know, it was a horrible week. And then, but like Natalie just said a moment ago, the hardest thing was we went home without her. Right. And this is a dog that Natalie's grandmother bought us before because she knew she, Natalie's grandmother was very old. And she said, I don't want you to have inheritance after I leave. I want to see you spend it now. So we bought the puppy, you know, uh, we brought her over from the UK. So it was all, and it was our first puppy. And it was our first dog together, you know, as a married, as a, well, a couple, we weren't married then. So it was, that was really hard. But I think, you know, I don't know. I, that's not specific to everyone. Sorry, we're just telling you our worst days of yeah. RVing, which yeah. isn't related. It's not related <laughs> no, but it to is. RVing, but kind of is because you know we 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 then left her there. Is what is I guess the, the point. Part, like yeah. we, no matter where that happened, we would have had to leave her wherever it was. Right, but most people, when they lose a pet, they lose a pet at home. You know, with their with their vet that they have. You know, that they've had forever, kind of a thing. So it is it is different. It's it's tough for sure. I could see all of that. You know, yeah. that's definitely a low. And that's why we don't end on the lows, because that would be a tough yes. thing. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so let's uh, move well, to the high. What's been the, you know, I you know I can't believe this is our life kind of moments. And I, I know that all of us have lots of these, but if you guys can pin it to one or two, I've just been, you know, where you can't believe you get to live this lifestyle. Yeah, I knew, uh, we knew you were going to ask this, and it is so hard. No, no, one of the things I said, and I don't know if this does count, but was just all the new friends we've made. Like, I have made better friends on the road, I think, than in some of the places we've lived. Yeah. And I think just because everyone shares the same kind of passion in a way, like you already have that connection with some people, and especially like meeting other YouTubers and stuff on the road, I just think... I think it's been awesome. We've made a lot of friends doing this and that's been great for us, especially as we don't have any family here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's um, yeah. I think it's the people like the, the, people, the people make, make everything like generally when we go anywhere, we make some really good friends with people. Yeah. Um, and some of them are going to be lifelong friends. Like we know that already. And you just don't have that when you're in a single place. Right. Well, I think it's um, quality over quantity, right? That, it's, yeah, it's not like we're just doing things because I made a I made a, a like an observation because not too long ago I was at a party that, you know, I just haven't been to. And I was like, what am I doing here? And I was like, wow, I haven't felt this way in like four years. I'm never at parties that I don't want to be at anymore. This is so weird that <laughs> it was like total PTSD of something that I've suppressed where I was like, I remember this feeling all the time where I'd be at something that I didn't want to be at because someone at work invited me or some neighbor invited me and you feel obligated to go. And I'm like, Oh, I haven't felt this way. And then I feel like hundred percent what you guys are saying that the, the friendships have just been more quality based. And then obviously a lot more in and around kind of, and I think this is why like when people go to churches, they become really good friends because there's that common denominator of, you know, not just being friends, but then it's also, you have this thing in common and that's what happens with the RV side of things too. The lifestyle yeah. is very in common. So that was a good, good call out. I don't think anyone said that before. I think most people try yeah. to talk about that. It's hard to meet people on the road. So it's good to hear that. No, I think we're the opposite. <laughs> and the thing that we really love is that the diversity is amazing. Like we've yeah. met some like mega rich people, right? right. Who have gone like, around their, not Pentatons, what are they called? <laughs> The Prevo. Uh, the Prevo. The Prevo. I, I asked them at the RVGO. It's Prevo, not, not Prevost. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, we've met some guys with that. We've met guys who race Corvettes. And then we've met people who, you know, who... has got the little pop-up tent Yeah, thing. they just love it. They're, they're, saving, they're saving some money or they're traveling with work and, yeah. like, and everything in between. We've seen people of different colors. We've seen people of different, um, you know, cultures, um, cultures from different countries, countries from yeah. uh, different jobs and lifestyles. And you know the people we connect with are people that are nothing like us. Right. No, and, and, not. <laughs> and I don't. I can't even tell you what it is. Sometimes we just click with the most random people who we have nothing in common with. But it's uh, I don't know. It's all of that. We we just love all of that. Meeting new people, different places, and. I don't know. It's crazy to... And I think sometimes, like, even the touring part of it, it's just more fun with friends. Right. So, like, there's sometimes where Lawrence loves museums. 
I, I really don't. But if we're going with people, I like going because at least I can have a laugh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not just filming this plane and look how boring it is. Like, I'm going for a margarita with Jeannie now. See yeah. you later, honey. You know, it's, it's, it brings a better dynamic to it, I think. It does. I like how Natalie just said, yeah, if we go with someone else and I get to laugh. Like, she never gets to laugh if it's just her and Lawrence. <laughs> if it's a museum, no. <laughs> I said this to, earlier, to Natalie earlier, Damien. We've been together 20 years. She does not laugh at my jokes anymore. Oh, bro. I laugh, I laugh more at my jokes than she does. <laughs> what I love is, like, uh, I'll say something, and I've, I've, I've tuned it up a little to make it funnier. And Nikki would be like, that's not the way, that's not true. That didn't happen. I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. That's how comedy works. You embellish it. You work it. You fine tune it to that. And she's like, no, that's not the way you told it five years ago. And I'm like, no, that's that, that comedy isn't history. It's comedy, you know? Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's Natalie so does that. If I tell someone a story oh and I do that, I exaggerate slight bits of it. Natalie, okay. Natalie will true. do exactly that. Yes. There, could be 15, there could be 15 people sat there and I'm telling a story to and Natalie will be like, that's not true. Right. That's why they're not allowed at stand-up. My mom would be in the back of the stand-up. He's embellishing. That's not true. My brother isn't that big of a drunk. It's more my sister. Like, that's what she'd be doing. Well, I want people, I mean, you guys do sound like a lot of fun to hang out with. And I want people to be able to hang out with you both, you know, virtually and hopefully sometime in person. Um I think I just made up a word right there. I think it was hopefully. But anyways, where can people find you and, you know, see your content, hopefully find you on Instagram. Remember, folks, I'm going to write this all down below just because their accents are really hard to understand. And then um, you guys can connect with them there. So where can people find you? I think there's closed captioning for us. Yeah, you're going to have to have closed captions for this. Sorry about that. Um, uh, so we are at youtube.com forward slash Brazen Brits. You can, uh, you can Google Brazen Brits. We'll come up there. We have brazenbrits.com. We're on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, everything as Brazen Brits. And it's brazen because it is bold and without shame. And then Brits is a British person. <laughs> Glad you explained it. Reminding me of my son when we played that game, like taboo, where you can you try to get someone to say the word without saying the word, and his clue was it's crystal and it's a ball. We're like, is it crystal ball? He's like, yes, you got it. We're like, no, that's not how this game works, bro. That's awesome. <laughs> Well, I want to thank you both for uh, coming on the show and hanging out with me. You guys did an awesome job. And I think there's a lot here for people that, you know, again, I think people just need to hear stories that they can relate to. And guess what? Even though you guys probably think there's no one everyone's going to relate to getting rid of their farm, quitting their business. But trust me, there is someone that's going to be able to relate to this and it's going to inspire them. So really, thanks for coming on the show and telling your story. No, well, thank you so much for inviting us. We love the podcast. We love the magazine, especially. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much for, for having us on. Why do, you, yeah, why do you especially love the magazine more than the podcast? Yeah, that was very just, do you know what? I'm just, I really love it. I love the... I Is love it like going pictures. to a museum with you? It's not very funny? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? There you go. Yeah, there you go. Like, I have to force Natalie to sit down and look at this magazine. No, like, I, I just really, I really appreciate it, honestly. Like, I, like I don't that. know how you do it. The covers are fantastic. The photography, the pictures, the editing, the layout, everything. I, I just that. think it's such a great thing. I appreciate that very much. All right, you guys. Thanks again. Well, another fun episode and a big thank you to Lawrence and Natalie for coming on the show and sharing their story. I think a lot of you probably can relate to some point of their journey. But if you want to follow their adventure, just click on the show notes in your podcast player to connect with them and let them know you found them on the Rootless Living Podcast. Also, just a friendly reminder, if you're enjoying the Rootless Living Podcast or the magazine, make sure to let your friends and family know by sharing us on your favorite social media channel. It's a really big help in getting the word out. And if you use the hashtag Rootless Living over on Instagram, we're going to share it as well. And like always, if you think you know someone that would make a good guest or that guest might even be you, please send us an email at podcast at rootlessliving.com and let's see if we can help tell your story. Until next week, stay rootless. <laughs>